7 o'clock. So welcome to Position of Neutrality. Thank, thank you for coming. Welcome to New Freedom. Is there anyone here at this particular meeting, this facility, for the first time? Wow, nobody today. One or two? Oh, good. First of all, good deal. So first, first of all, welcome. And second, let us warn you in advance, you're liable to experience us just a little different than other meetings of other fellowships you may have attended. The primary reason that's liable to happen is we intend for you to have a different experience here. What we do here, we've been doing for lots of years now, we take a look at the suggested instruction for a step or so a week directly out of this book, and we use this book in 12-step recovery, why? The process described by the authors of this book has been proven to work for addicts of the hopeless variety, addicts to alcohol and other substances. So what we try and do here is I try and show you how I find my experience in the book and encourage you to have your experience with the book. And if we both do our job, we'll share a spiritual experience in here tonight. Fair enough? How many of you have been here before and can witness for these folks? That's what happens. So everyone online, so you know, they raise their hands to let them let you know, let everyone know that we have shared spiritual experiences in here many times, and in 12-step recovery, when we speak of a spiritual experience, we're talking about a sensory experience. It's tangible, it's inspiration, it's revelation, but people will leave here different than they came in here because we're going to share an experience in here. Yes? Yep. And, and tonight we're looking at the third step, so I'm going to rock into that. We're going to have some some fun, we're going to encounter some power, but I do want to touch on a couple of things for those of you who are following the Recovery Church. The baptism event is this Saturday, and we're going to enter through the main lobby instead of this end. For those of you who come, members, family, remind them to go over here. It's in the indoor pool in the atrium under the waterfall. It's going to be epic. Yeah. And I think that's it, right, Chap? Chap's going to take care of everything else. If you're, if you're coming to support people, we welcome you. If you're coming to get baptized, make sure you've checked with, uh, with Chap about what, how to dress and get ready to go. So we're going to launch right in. We're in Chapter 5 tonight. How many of you have been to an AA meeting before? Yeah. One or two? Good deal. Most of you? So in most AA meetings I've ever been to, they read this little portion of chapter 5. But what that is, is the wrap-up of steps 1 and 2, leading us consciously into a third step decision. So we're going to walk through it line by line and see if there's maybe some information in there that, that helps you come to a better understanding of what these authors witness to. Fair enough? So we're starting with a promise right up front. Rarely have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path. Did you notice how the promise came with a condition? Did you notice what the condition was? Thoroughly following the path. Thoroughly following our path. So to get further information on what that is, I would have to read their testimony, not necessarily listen to someone else telling me about all the... How many of you have heard you can do recovery any way you want to? You don't have to do that. You know. Of course you can, but if you want what they promise, they spoke of a path, not paths. Fair enough? Okay. 
Then it says those who do not recover are people who cannot or will not completely give themselves to this simple program. Usually men and women who are constitutionally incapable of being honest with themselves. So another promise and condition. So what do they want us to be honest with ourselves about? Those are really good answers, because that's really the answer. A lot of people think it's outward, but it never is. It's inward. i got to lie to me before I lie to you. And so the only thing they've talked to me about at this point are the two things they want me to get honest about. Um, in, in the doctor's opinion, they talk to us uh, XXV. Let me find it exactly. Um, I'm going to go to XXVIII Roman numeral 28. And I'm at the bottom of that page. They want me to get honest with myself about this particular experience, and there's one more. So it says men and women drink essentially because they like the effect produced by alcohol. Yep. So the sensation is so elusive that while they admit it injurious, they cannot, after a time, differentiate the true from the false. Yep. To them, their alcoholic life seems the only normal one. They are restless, irritable, and discontented unless they can again experience the sense of ease and comfort which comes at once by taking a few drinks. So can any of you, is, is most of you in here tonight sober? Okay, that's a good start. Give yourself permission to experience the sense of ease and comfort that would come at once by taking a drink. Where my opiate addicts, just give yourself permission to go get you a script or something. Anyone going to do it? Someone just did. Who did? Who just tried to bring that to consciousness? John did. Okay. The point is, if you try, you will find that we can consciously experience that sense of ease and comfort that comes at once by taking a few drinks, even though we may have been years from the last one, which tells me how alluring that is, even though I know how dangerous that would be for me. Is that true for you? Some of you are feeling it more because some of you tried it after I explained why I was asking you to. Okay. When you feel something, I know I'll call it to your attention because we would cheat you to talk to you about the power we call God without giving you a demonstration. So the fact that I know what's going on within you sort of demonstrates the oneness, doesn't it? Okay. So that's one thing that I'm going to be in trouble. I'm going to be restless, irritable, and discontented unless I can again experience that. So if I don't get relieved from that, I'm probably going to return to what I know at some point. True? Okay, so then we're going to go to page 50. Is it 50 or 52? 50, page 50, and we're at the bottom of that page. Here's the two things they need me to be honest with myself about. It says, here are thousands of bottom of the, that paragraph. Here are thousands of men and women, worldly indeed. They flatly declare that since they've come to believe in a power greater than themselves, to take a certain attitude toward that power and to do certain simple things, there's been a revolutionary change in their way of living and thinking. In the face of collapse and despair, in the face of the total failure of their human resources, they found that a new power, peace, happiness, and sense of direction flowed into them. So you know why they don't cure alcoholism? Because there's no cure. So you know why we 
are not cured of alcoholism, what we do is we switch our dependence. So I switch my dependence on the sense of ease and comfort that comes at once by taking a few drinks, or I tap into this power within, I seek diligently, I offer myself to others, and power, peace, happiness, and a sense of direction flows into me. How many of you have been working with people and almost felt a little inebriated when you were done? Yeah, so the more of it you do, the more you'll feel a lot of you went there. So that's the two things I've got to be honest with myself about, right? And if you can do that, then it's going to go okay. And if you can't do that, well, there are such unfortunates. Okay? So then it says that, that usually men and women who are constitutionally incapable of being honest with themselves, there are such unfortunates. They're not at fault. They seem to have been born that way. They're naturally incapable of grasping and developing a manner of living which demands rigorous honesty. So they gave you a little hint. Just because you don't get it right away doesn't mean you're naturally incapable of grasping and developing a manner of living. Come to our fellowship. Walk with us in our life, right? And you may find that after a few bumps, you are capable of grasping and developing this manner of living, but sometimes you need some convincing. Don't expect your second step experience to happen in second step. It may be while you're doing a 12 step and helping someone else have their second step. Does it make sense? How many of you have had that same experience? Got real powerful flows of the spirit when you worked with someone else. We weren't awake enough when it happened to us. That's what happens. Okay. So there are those two who suffer from grave emotional and mental disorders, but many of them do recover if they have the capacity to be honest. So how many of you have been in our rooms and have seen those people with grave emotional and mental disorders? How many of you have concluded that it's probably you? <laughs> How many of you have been here long enough to know that you did have grave and emotional disorders and now you're sane enough to see how grave they were? Because none of us get here thinking we belong here. Right? How many of you have made it to public detox or something while on your journey here? Make it to a public one? Notice there's a lot of people down there we don't want to be like. They said to me, Joe, you're here as a patient, not an observer. Okay. So our stories disclose in a general way what we used to be like, what happened, and what we are like now. Over the years, people have talked about what it's like. That's perspective. What I was like, the reason I do an inventory is to arm myself with the facts about myself so I have an opportunity to win the confidence of another similar to me in a few hours of conversation. But first I need to know what I was like, what happened, my encounter, and what I'm like now. I'm at least selfless enough to offer myself to you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. So if you've decided you want what we have and are willing to go to any length to get it, then you're ready to take certain steps. So they gave us promises and conditions and, and then instruction. Did you see that? So how would we know if we want what they have? Well, we'd have to read the book, because we really don't know what they have. But luckily, they wrote it down. So go to page 25. So we're in the middle of that page. The great fact is just this and nothing less, that we've had deep and effective spiritual experiences, which have revolutionized our whole attitude toward life, toward our fellows, and toward God's universe. Remember how when they were talking about my addiction, they told me I needed a revolution? 
and now they're witnessing to the revolution they received, right? It says the central fact of our lives today is the absolute certainty that our Creator has entered into our hearts and lives in a way which is indeed miraculous. That may not sound like much to people who are believers, but remember half of them were atheists or agnostics. But now the most important fact of their life, according to what they said, is the absolute certainty that their Creator lives in them and through them. Pretty profound, isn't it? Yeah. Especially when they told us it was going to present as power, peace, happiness, and a sense of direction. My admission of powerlessness was not a theory, it was a fact. I was powerless, and now I've gained access to power, a solution to my powerlessness. Does it make sense? Yep. And they said that they were absolutely certain. What, in your addiction, were you absolutely certain about? Yeah, if I could get to the dope house, I could feel different. That's what I was absolutely certain about. And nothing else. So they're saying that they have had such tangible sensory experiences, they've revolutionized their lives and their thinking in such a way that they are absolutely certain that they can go inward and tap into that well. They're so certain they're going to tell you about it. Fair enough? And then it says, says, he has commenced to accomplish those things for us which we could never do for ourselves. So that's what they had. Are you willing to go to certain lengths to get it? Because we, you know, we always are a little conditional. They said any. And we're like, yeah, any. But I don't want to be late for dinner. <laughs> Can I get the express pack? So get honest with yourself, because God knows what you're going through, right? All right, so then we're ready to take certain steps. If you want what they have, and you're willing to go to any lengths to get it, then you're ready. And if you don't understand that and haven't been shown that, you cannot move into a conscious relationship without moving into it consciously. Examine it with your senses. That's why we're supposed to lay it out for you in a way you can understand. Otherwise, we just cheat you out of the relationship opportunity. So, at some of these, we balked. No shit. Any of you look at the, we don't have the steps on the wall in here because we use this room for a lot of reasons, but any of you been where they have the steps on the wall? Do you know which step you balk at? <laughs> well, some people see that list of amends. Some people don't want to tell that secret. Some people say, well, I, I'll do all that, but I... I don't want to take anyone through their steps, whatever, you know, you get me? Yeah. Okay. So we thought we could find an easier, softer way. You ever heard of any of those? Yeah. I don't pick up, no matter what. Yeah. You ever heard that? Yeah. What's your experience? I pick up no matter what. Me too. <laughs> okay. So that way won't work for me. may work for them. Okay. So, but we could not, with all the earnestness at our command, we beg of you to be fearless and thorough from the very start. So we looked at it last week, where and how do we find this power? Deep down inside. Deep down inside. And how do we find it? By searching Sometimes we had to search fearlessly, so it would make sense. They're begging of us, don't, don't put yourself through the mill. Get thorough and honest right from the start and get into that search. I'll walk with you, Right? And then it says, some of us have tried to hold on to our old ideas, and the result was nil until we let go absolutely. Where's the main problem of the addict center? In the mind. In the mind. It's my old idea factory. How many of you have held on to old ideas and didn't know they were old ideas? 
That's, that's the admission of powerlessness, right? Though our old ideas are revealed to us. How many of you have been blessed with a spiritual awakening as a result of the steps, started working with others, and what you used to think about certain people, certain things, you don't think that way anymore because when you offered yourself in service, you found out you really didn't know anything about that person or institution or situation, and you found out that you got liberated from those judgments. That's why we want you to serve others, because you, you'll get free, right? All right, so remember that we deal with alcohol, cunning, baffling, powerful. Without help, it's too much for us, but there is one who has all power. That one is? God. So what I'd like you to know about that is they're telling us what we all know to proclaim, that one is God, and then I want you to ask, but what do we really believe? What do our actions show? How many of us today thought someone else caused how we thought or felt? Pretty much all of us, probably, right? So, so we still are going to need to awaken many times each day to the reality that nothing happens in God's world by mistake. Yep. Okay, so that one is God. May you find him now. So they're pointing me back inward, yes? Yep. So it said half measures availed us nothing. How'd they learn that? They tried it. They tried half measures. Isn't it comforting to know that all of us who practice half measures needn't beat ourselves up about it. All we need to do is admonish the next one. Half measures availed me nothing. Right. How many of you have thought that half measures availed you about half <laughs> until that sucker left the rails? Because yeah. sometimes that happens, right? We, th we fooled ourselves, but no one else, yeah. right? Okay. So we ask his protection and care with complete abandon. Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. Got a call to your attention, guys. Over the years, we have started referring to our fellowship as the program. It never has been, and it is not the program. Or they would have said, we're going to suggest a list of meetings to go to as a program of recovery. But that is not what they said. And remember, they're the we. So what they said is, here are the steps we took which are suggested as a program of recovery. Anything else, someone made up. This one is scientifically proven. They had a 65% efficacy rate from 1939 all the way to 1955 documented. Right. It's gone plummeted from then to what we know today. So if you want what they have and you're willing to go to any length to get it, read the book. Right? With someone right. else. With somebody else that show, can show you. Because no one can read this book until someone shows them how. We've got to go through the process. Right. Okay, so I'm over on page 60. Many of us exclaimed, what an order. I can't go through with it. How many of you have thought that? Every one of us has thought that. That's why they put it down. And, it are, and what we can't go through is different for every person. But, so what do we say to them? Do not be discouraged. No one among us has been able to maintain perfect adherence to these principles, right. but the point is we are willing to grow along spiritual lines. Right? right? Yep. Okay. So do not be discouraged. No one among us has been able to maintain anything like perfect adherence to these principles. We're not saints. The point is that we're willing to grow along spiritual lines. The principles we have set down are guides to progress. We claim spiritual progress rather than spiritual perfection. Our description of the alcoholic, the chapter to the agnostic, and our personal adventures before and after make clear three pertinent ideas. A, 
that we were alcoholic and could not manage our own lives. Notice how they separated those two ideas. Yep. How many of you made the admission of powerless over alcohol and my life has become unmanageable in one? Mm -hmm. So when you admitted to your unmanageability in one, how many of you were thinking it was because I was kind of irresponsible in my addiction? So I had a lot of mess. How many of you got shown a step two and we saw what our unmanageability really was? Right. Couldn't control my emotional nature, prey to misery and depression. Couldn't seem to be of real use to other people. Right. See, that was my real problem. It was, it was going on within me all along. Alcohol was my solution. That's why it's a symptom when it ceases to work. Right. Does that make sense? Alcohol, drugs, whatever. So my little act of faith in that admission in one didn't get revealed to me till two. And in two, I encountered power, which I'm going to need in order to enact the decision in three. Yep. But that expenditure of faith guarantees that if someone shows me what the encounter is. True? Yep. Okay. Then it says that probably no human power could have relieved our alcoholism. Yep. How many of you tried some human power? <laughs> There's a fair number of you here had a whole lot of yep. humans trying to stop you from whatever it is you're going to do next, right? I did. Ex-wife. Okay. So that God couldn't would if he were sought. When I say God, what are we talking about? Power. Power from within. Right? So I'm going to look within and I'm going to unblock my consciousness, my awareness of being aware of those calamities, pomps, and worships which have obscured my purpose and my power. True? Yes. Okay? So being convinced, we were at step three which is that we decided to turn our will and our life over to God as we understood him. That is not the same as God of your understanding. No matter how many times you hear that in the fellowship, that's not what they said. They said, God as we understood him. Who's we? First 100. And how did Bill say he understood him? A miracle sitting across the table from them. At long last, I saw, I felt, and then I believed. If it's not tangible, if it's not sensory, then it's not God. Does that make sense? Yes. Because otherwise, I'm never going to follow through on the manner of living. There'll be no power to avert suffering for others. Right. Okay. So, what do we mean and what do we do? Well, what do we mean, what do we do? Guess we better read some more. What do you think? It's a cliffhanger, isn't it? Yeah. The first requirement is that we be convinced that any life run on self-will can hardly be a success. So are you convinced? I don't know. <laughs> Based on what? Based on your experience. Now read the sentence again. It says, any life. So it's not enough to know that I've made a mess of things. I've got to quit judging how I think and feel by the way I see you act or hear you speak. That's a much taller order. That's going to require a power greater than me, isn't it? Okay, so, so it says that, that on that basis, we're almost always in collision with something or somebody, even though our motives are good. Most people try to live by self-propulsion. I call your attention to the care the authors took in writing this book. They sat down with a, a dictionary and a thesaurus, and a hundred of them agreed on every word, and they argued over every word. So when they use a word, they meant that word. So when they say people, they meant people. When they want to talk to you about someone like me, they say alcoholic. Yep. Don't get it twisted. 
My people activities are often confused with alcoholic activities because we don't make it plain to them that there's human nature and then there's an alcoholic condition. And my human nature isn't removed by ceasing to drink. In fact, it may be more, made more manifest. I might get meaner. <laughs> A lot. <laughs> Any of you get just sober? Like just not picking up no matter what and you were a little difficult to be around? <laughs> so I have yeah. kindred spirits in the room. Okay. So on, on that basis, we're almost always in collision with something or somebody, even though our motives are good. Most people try to live by self-propulsion. Each person's like an actor who wants to run the whole show, is forever trying to arrange the lights, the ballet, and the scenery, and the rest of the players in his own way. If only his arrangements would stay put, if only people would do as he wished, the show would be great. Yeah. Any of you ever thought that? We probably wouldn't say it that wordy, right? You'd say something like, if these motherfuckers would just get it right, yeah. we could all get some relaxation. True. Everybody, including himself, would be pleased. Life would be wonderful. Yeah. In trying to make these arrangements, our actor may sometimes be quite virtuous. He may be kind, considerate, patient, generous, even modest and self-sacrificing. Thank any of you, you find yourself there? Thank you. Sean did. Any of you find yourself there besides Sean? I hope for your sake and ours collectively that you do find yourself there in those pages because none of us are all bad and none of us are all good. We're talking about human stuff, okay? On the other hand, he may be mean, egotistical, selfish, and dishonest. How many of you find yourself there? Yeah. Okay, some of us are more comfortable there. <laughs> right? However, it's all driven by fear, which you'll learn later. And, and it's all on the line of self. So what we want to do is start bringing out those attributes. Make sense? Yep. And it says, as with most humans, he's more likely to have varied traits. How many of you have been kind to someone and they misinterpreted your kindness for ego or... Oh, yeah. Yeah. So... so who are we to judge that nonsense anyway, right? Yeah. Okay. So what usually happens? The show doesn't come off very well. The show doesn't come off very well. What? Might find yourself in a treatment center for people recently released from prison. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to some old guy talk about whatever. The show doesn't come off very well. He begins to think life doesn't re re treat him right. He decides to exert himself more. He becomes on the next occasion still more demanding or gracious, as the case may be. And still the play does not suit him. You ever do that? Do you ever get them all doing what they're supposed to do, and you're still not satisfied with the outcome? Right. <laughs> Admitting he may be somewhat at fault, he's sure that other people are more to blame. He becomes angry, indignant, self-pitying. What is his basic trouble? So when they put a question mark, they want me to go inward. If I'm recognizing a struggle or a storm I've experienced, then I want to, I can't answer what his trouble is, but maybe, maybe I could answer what mine is when I'm there. Because I sight without insight spiritual blindness. So I want to, when I see a question mark, I want to start seeing what's going on within me rather than projecting it out there. Make sense? Yep. We're going to get more disciplined in that, but this is where we're starting. So is he not really a self-seeker even when trying to be kind? So there, help me unwind it. Yep. You ever realize that you did do something, complete kindness, 
but then you didn't get the response from the other person that you had hoped for your kindness, and you realized you had an attachment? Yeah? Anyone ever do that? Manipulation. Okay. So I was a self-seeker even when trying to be kind because I didn't recognize my attachment. That, that's a human thing that we do. So this is st help, starting to help me grow so that I can see better. Yep. Not see, see better, yeah? Okay, is he not a victim of the delusion that he can wrest satisfaction and happiness out of this world if only he manages well? Have you ever been victimized by that delusion? Yeah. Did you know it was a delusion? No. <laughs> Do you know the nature of delusion? Delusion is I lie to me and I don't know I'm lying. Yeah. So if you told me you did know you were delusional, you were lying. <laughs> so one of the two is true. Yeah. Right? How many of you got out there and you were really acting wacky and even you didn't recognize you? <laughs> and someone would ask you or talk to you about what they saw you doing? Nah. But pretty soon you're like, yeah, it sounds like me. Yeah. Could be me. I've read that in the police report. <laughs> Is it not evident to all the rest of the players that these are the things he wants? Yeah. How many of you were out there pretending you were in charge? Someone found out you weren't in charge. <laughs> and do not his actions make each of them wish to retaliate, snatching all they can get out of the show? Yeah. How many of you got caught not being in charge and they thought they were in charge? Did you get in a little conflict of ideas? That ever happened to you? Okay. Is he not even in his best moments a producer of confusion rather than harmony? So even when I'm trying my best, have I been misinterpreted? That'll send us right into a spin of self-pity, won't it? Right. I really meant to help, and they don't appreciate my help. Have you, no one's ever been there? I'm the only guy? Yeah, martyr. <laughs> okay. So our actor is self-centered, egocentric, as people like to call it nowadays. So now they're going to dish me some, some truth, right? They're going to give me, I'm armed with the facts about myself after I get through this process. They're going to dish me a little truth to encourage me to move through, right? right. So he's like the retired businessman who lolls in the Florida sunshine in the winter complaining of the sad state of the nation. The minister who sighs over the sins of the 20th century Politicians and reformers who are sure all would be utopia if the rest of the world would only behave. The outlaw safe cracker who thinks society has wronged him. And the alcoholic who has lost all and is locked up. Whatever our protestations are not most of us concerned with ourselves, our resentments, and our self-pity. I'm really not that concerned with the state of the world, but I want some excuse for how miserable I feel. Right. Anyone else been in that place? Yep. So it's easier to look out there than in here right. where my power is found. Right. Okay? All right. So selfishness, self-centeredness, that we think is the root of our troubles. Yep. Driven by a hundred forms of fear, self-delusion, self-seeking, and self-pity, we step on the toes of our fellows and they retaliate. Sometimes they hurt us seemingly without provocation, but we invariably find that at some time in the past, we've made decisions based on self, which later placed us in a position to be hurt. I want to help everyone understand in our fellowship recovery, um, oftentimes we've come from some terrible abuse. And these guys are on the other side of their step experience, 
So they're telling you about an experience they had as they went out to make amends. So we're not suggesting that as a child, if you were abused, or as an adult, if you were abused, that you had any part in that, in what happened to you. But what we are saying is what we find as we move through the process, that if I will let go of what happened to me and start using the fact that I survived it to help others walking through it similarly, my unforgiveness will be removed. Right. Does that make sense? So we don't want anyone to feel bad because you didn't have a part in abuse, but there is a solution to turning that terrible experience into a useful experience to avert suffering for others. Right? So all things together for our good. Yeah? Okay. So, um, so our troubles, we think, are basically of our own making. They arise out of ourselves, and the alcoholic is an extreme example of self-will run riot, though he usually doesn't think so. So most people, they're regular examples of self-will run riot. I have determined I am an alcoholic. I'm an extreme example of self-will run riot, but I don't think so. What, what do you think my odds are? Not good. Not very good if I'm not relieved of that selfishness, yes? Not because I'm human, but because of my alcoholic condition as a human, right. I'm going to be in trouble, yep. okay? So above, every, above everything, we alcoholics must be rid of this selfishness. So over the years, I've heard people in the room say, I wish those people out there get a program like we got in here. And I think to myself, because I've learned not to say anything, I wish these people in here would get a program like they got in here. Because <laughs> the program is only in here, and the fellowship's out there, but my judgment doesn't help the situation, so what I try and do is point them to the steps, however. Um, so us alcoholics got to be rid of this selfishness. There's also a myth in the rooms. AA is a selfish program. No, AA is a selfless program. We are selfish, and we will always be somewhat selfish because we live in a certain amount of delusion, but the idea is if I focus on your needs and work for them, I'm less likely to be imprisoned in my own bondage of self. Right. Right? All right, so, so we muster, it kills us, and God makes that possible. Yep. Says he makes it possible. It indicates that I might have to participate in some way. Uh, usually. How many of you have been confused by that? God's going to do everything for me. What, what's my role? Wrong. Yeah. They're going to tell us by the end of this chapter. Yeah. Okay. All right, so, so, and there often seems no way of entirely getting rid of self without his aid. Many of us had moral and philosophical convictions galore, but we could not live up to them even though we would have liked to. How many of you had a way you wished you behaved and then fell short? Okay. Neither could we reduce our self-centeredness much by wishing or trying on our own power. Have you ever tried to will away self? Remember I talked to you about delusion? Yeah. The very awareness of self would tell you that you cannot will away that which you are aware. Any of you ever thought yourselves humble? <laughs> Did you notice how your humility vanished in that moment? Yeah. 
How many of you caught yourself doing something selfless with a selfie? trickier than we think, isn't it? Yeah. So we had to have God's help. This is the how and the why of it. First of all, we had to quit playing God. Now that probably was disturbing to the atheists and agnostics that didn't realize why they had such a difficult time because of the way they were seeing life, yes? Um, why do we have to quit playing God? Because it didn't work. I tried arranging the lights of scenery in the ballet, and I still wasn't satisfied. Anyone else? I finally figured out for me why it didn't work. Should I be some self-disclosure? See, there, I'm playing the part that is my life. And finally, when the camera panned to Joe so that I could play the part that was my life, I was out arranging the lights and the scenery in the ballet. Show couldn't come off because I wasn't there to play my part. Anyone sort of relate? Right. Okay. So it didn't work. Next, we decided that herein, hereafter, in this drama of life, God was going to be our director. Right. So what does a director do? He directs. A director directs. So I don't have to direct. I don't have to arrange the lights, the scenery, and the ballet anymore. Nope. It's not my responsibility. I just get to be the actor. And then it said, he's the principal. We're his agents. He is the father, we're his children. Most good ideas are simple. And this concept was the keystone of the new and triumphant arch through which we pass to freedom. He's the father, we're his children. This concept. All we want you to learn in your 12-step manner of living is who you are and whose you are and walk in victory from here. Yes? Yes. Okay. Some of you felt that. Yeah. Okay. That's happening in you. Those people that are feeling it, that's happening in them. It's not me, but I'm aware because we share our spirit. Does that make sense? Yep. Okay. So when we sincerely took such a position, remember I promised you we were going to start getting down to what, these, what the part we may play is? All sorts of remarkable things followed. Where are my people that have read the Bible, coming from a more Christian orientation? Okay, so what they're telling us here is signs and wonders followed them when they sincerely took such a position. Okay? We had a new employer. Being all-powerful, he provided what we needed if we kept close to him and performed his work well. What's his work, those of you that are biblical students? Service to others. If you love me, feed my sheep. And those of you who are not biblically inclined, we're not doing that to offend you, but half the original fellowship were biblically inclined, the other half were atheists or agnostics, we're going to minister to everybody here. We, we don't really care so much about what you believe, we want to tell you and introduce you to the one who believes in you. Yep. Does that make sense? Because yep. your beliefs aren't serving you until you're serving him. So, and our landing in these fellowships is proof of that, right? So, he provided what we needed if we kept close to him and performed his work well. Established on such a footing, we became less and less interested in ourselves. So now they're telling me the solution to selfishness and self-centeredness, 
just by moving into this process, armed with the facts about myself and bearing witness to what's been done for me, I become less and less interested in myself. Why? Because power, peace, happiness, and sense of direction flows into me, and I'm liberated from the bondage of self. How many of you have had that experience? Yeah? Okay, how many of you discovered that your original plans were a little small in relation to what's playing out in your life? So they weren't trying to be humble here, they're saying our little plans and designs. When we got ready to contemplate this place, so you know, and those of you online, this is a 144,000 square foot facility. When we started looking at doing this, we were looking at a church built in 1960 that we were going to put 20 beds in. <laughs> yep. True story, sure. but everything, everything frustrated it until all of a sudden, here we are. And, and by, by three weeks from now, there'll be 400 of you folks living in here and another 250 of us serving you. Yeah. I want you to see how little my plan and design was in, in comparison to what God had for us. And he didn't just have it for, for me and the staff here. He had it for you, right? Right. Okay. Um, more and more, we became interested in see what, seeing what we can contribute to life. Based on what I just witnessed to you, can you see why? Oh, yeah. I, I don't want to find out anything except what, what I can contribute to life anymore. I've spent too much time in pursuits of other things. Okay. As we felt new power flow in. How do you like the power of those words? They're promising that you're going to feel power. You notice how they said it was going to come in a flow? Yep. Not a drip, not a trickle. Nope. Flow. Okay. How many of you have felt a flow of the Spirit at some point? Maybe not in here. So everyone in here that knows what we're talking about, if we're in this and if we're studying and we're doing what we're supposed to, we have felt the flow of the Spirit. We know the reality of it. What they discovered is disciplines that improve our consciousness so we walk in it more of the time. Right? So as we discovered, we could face life successfully. How many of you are starting to discover that? Starting to at least have hope for that, right? Yeah. Okay? And in the step experience, our troubles don't go away. We're armed to walk through our troubles, and in the spirit power that we receive, we find that we can face life successfully simply by meeting life's challenges as they come. Yes? Yep. Some of you came from very difficult situations, yet here you sit trying to make a better version of yourself. You've accomplished 100% of everything you set out to do to this moment. Why would you doubt you? Yeah. Right? Okay. All right, so as we became conscious of his presence, listen to that promise. Aware that I'm aware, absolute certainty. God dwells in me, lives through me. And when I encounter you, and you similarly know we have a signature, we know each other if we've never met each other. True? Yeah. Okay. So when, based on that, we've begun to lose our fear of today, Tomorrow or the hereafter. We are reborn. Right. It's unmistakable what they're talking about. There has to be a death of self and then a reborn new man within me that's going to live as a servant. Yes? Yeah. Okay. And then it goes back to this weird phrase, we were now at step three. Right. <laughs> they're, they're catering to my alcoholic nature. They told me I was in step three several sentences ago. Right. 
And then I read all that, and I had a little more self-discovery, hopefully. Right. And now that I'm a little more aware, now I'm seeing not just any life run on self-will. It doesn't mean just me. It means any life. I've now shared it in a room. Does that make sense now? Yep. Yeah. Okay. So we're now at step three, and they're going to launch us into a prayer. And I want to go to the end and read the condition behind the prayer. And then what will be powerful tonight is let's all, because we've had an opportunity to see what the decision is, let's say the prayer together because wherever two or more of you are gathered in his name, he's there in your midst, right? Okay, so I'm going to go to the, the bottom of that prayer and it says, we thought well before taking this step, making sure we were ready. So why would I have to think well before I say a prayer? It's a huge decision, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. It's a huge decision. And I'm doing it on faith because I don't even know what it looks like yet. Okay? So that we could at last abandon ourselves utterly to him. We found it very desirable to take this spiritual step with an understanding person such as our wife, best friend, or spiritual advisor. But it's better to meet God alone than with one who might misunderstand. So I went to deep labor to help you understand what the decision is and based on what and if you are not comfortable saying the prayer because you don't want to be yoked or you don't understand then we're not going to be offended if you don't but if you fully understand the decision you're making then we're not going to have any problem does that make sense yep okay the the wording was of course quite optional so long as we express the idea of voicing it without reservation or voicing the idea so how many of you speaking king james language Sean and, okay, not too many of you. So many people are, are a little turned off by King James language. So the wording's optional. God knows how you talk. Have a conversation with a friend, but make sure you express the idea. I need you to arm me with the facts about myself so that I can be useful and bear witness properly. My friend uh, Chaplain Lee, who will be performing the baptism on Saturday, gave a sermon a while back about what we in recovery do is we get armed with the facts and then we take those facts to the truth. The facts were that I was a hopeless alcoholic and drug addict. I did not stop unless I was chained up, locked up, or in a coma. That's the only conditions under which I stopped. I encountered power and pow, it never happened again. Yeah. And then I went through this process and I took those facts to the truth. And for 15, 16 years, I've been witnessing to that power to groups of people. Does that make sense? So, so we're going to voice this without, express the idea of voicing it without reservation. This was only a beginning, though if honestly and humbly made, an effect, sometimes a very great one, was felt at once. So they're promising you an effect, a signature, a confirmation. I don't know what that'll be, but let us walk you through it after you have it. I'm going to go back up one more condition. I want to tell you about the third step prayer. A lot of people try and tag an amen in it. There isn't an amen after the third step prayer because I don't need agreement when I'm walking in blind. I'm exercising faith, which had to come from God. So there's no amen. I don't know the rest of the story. The seven step prayer is the rest of the prayer. Make sense? Yep. So is everyone looking at their book that cares? Yes. All right, let's go. God, I offer myself to thee to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. 
Relieve me of the bondage of self, that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties, that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. May I do thy will always. Now that will empower your search within. And you may have to remind, if you don't start your search soon, you may have to remind yourself that God dwells in you and has enabled you to go inward. Right? I always suggest to people, remind yourself that, you know, that, that, that power's in you. Okay? So, guess what? We're very seldom done early, but we are tonight. Thanks so much. We'll see you next week.